0: Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. And now, this week's episode. Hello everyone. Today I am thrilled to present to you The U.S. American Jugendlicher Held in Tenor, James King. Of us who know, remember, and revere James King, probably remember him best as a Wagner singer. He sings Siegmund. On Georg Scholti's ring recording. That was one of the first assignments that brought him to worldwide attention and acclaim. I treasure him in particular as the Kaiser, the Emperor in Richard Strauss's Frauen Schatten. And we're going to hear him in that later in today's episode. In recent weeks, we've heard James King a couple times on the podcast. First, in my tribute to the late American soprano. Karen Armstrong, when they sang the Marietta's Lied together in a live staging from the Deutsche Oper in Berlin. And then a couple weeks ago, on my Verdi auf Deutsch episode, in which James King and Pilar Lorengar again live from the stage of the Deutsche Oper Berlin, sang that amazing duet from Act Two of Don Carlos in German. I realized as I was putting things together today that I had not yet done a proper tribute to Bernard Heitink, the Dutch conductor who died a number of weeks ago at the age of 92. Then I remembered that James King's second Recording of Mahler's Das Lied von der Erde was made in 1975 opposite Janet Baker with Bernard Haitink conducting the Concertgebouw Orchestra. So I thought James King, Bernard Haitink gives us a moment to properly acknowledge the importance of Bernard Haitink not just as a conductor of Mahler by any means, but especially as a Mahler conductor. James King was born May 22, 1925, in Dodge City, Kansas. His father was Irish and his mother was of German parentage. According to James King, his father had a poetic soul. He also apparently had a bit of a drinking problem. And his mother was very organized and very much the disciplinarian. Music was very much part of his upbringing, and he studied music at Louisiana State University where he graduated in 1949. Following that, he pursued a master's degree at the University of Missouri-Kansas City, and following that, he was a member of the faculty there and worked locally as a concert and operatic baritone. Eventually, he came to the conclusion that he was indeed not a baritone and needed to retrain as a tenor. He began studying with the French baritone Martial saint and it was primarily through his work with saint that he developed his brilliant upper register. I've played Martial saint once before on the podcast, but I'd like to play him for you again, singing the role of Herod in Jules Massonet's Hérodiade. This is the ever-popular baritone aria, Vision Fu- fugitive and the recording is from 1945. Another famous singer that James King worked with was the Helden tenor Max Lorenz. Some day I will do an episode on this fascinating and troubling figure. A gay man married to a Jewish woman. He was the stalwart Helden Tenor at Bayreuth in the years of the Nazi regime. Much has been written about this figure. Right now, I simply want to play a little bit of his singing for you because he's truly an extraordinary artist. This is a 1933 recording of a portion of the Rome Erzählung, the Rome narrative from Tannhäuser. This voice had a real face, if you know what I mean, and his artistic profile is so intense that I feel it just leaping out of the grooves
1: Weep in a bandage.
2: All things are on either side, the the dark, and heaven I hate a mischievous day. And il glo a dire parmo tu di avveleno che ridà in alto va inana udaina mo sai di ridà non hai ne rai
0: One of James King's first engagements as a tenor was with San Francisco Opera in 1961, where he sang Don José opposite the Carmen of Marilyn Horne. Shortly thereafter, he won a big competition in Cincinnati, the American Opera Auditions, which allowed him to further his musical studies in Europe. While he was making his European debut as Cavaradossi in Italy, he received information from his agent that they were looking for a tenor at the Deutsche Oper in Berlin. He auditioned, and he was offered a contract and had his first international successes at the Deutsche Oper, including his first florestan, which he sang opposite Christa Ludwig. I have four LPs of James King's recorded between 1967 and 1970, and none of them have ever been re-released either on CD or any other platform since then. I have them all in my collection, so I am going to be offering you generous selections from each of those four LPs. We're going to start then with his Floristan, which was on a recital album called Arien und Monologe von Beethoven, Weber und Wagner, which was released in 1967. We're going to listen to his ex- extraordinary performance of Floristan. Just last week, I was talking about the superhuman vocal writing that Beethoven often requires of his singers, specifically in Fidelio. We were talking about it in relation to Eda Moser's performance of the title role in Fidelio, but it applies just as much to the role of Florestan. How many times have we heard performances of this, where the tenor gets to those final pages with those repeated, repeated, repeated B-flats, and the ascent is just killing. I've never heard another tenor manage this better than James King does. See what you think. Go on! Another role of James King's that he sang over and over and over again with enormous success and the world over was the title role in Lohengrin. It's extraordinary to think that at this time in opera history that there were at least three extraordinary Lohengrins the Hungarian Sandor Konya and James King's fellow American Jess Thomas all of whom were magnificent exemplars of this role. I'd like to play a little bit of the so-called Graal-Erzählung. This is the scene toward the end of the opera in which Lohengrin finally reveals his name. This monologue divides fairly neatly into two separate portions, In Land, and Mein Lieber Schwan, and I'm going to play you the Mein Lieber Schwann portion of this extended scene. Once again, this is from that recital album from nineteen sixty seven, and a conductor named Dietfried Bernett conducts the Wiener Open Orchestra. James King's career and roles were by no means limited only to the German repertoire. In fact, I heard him in an interview on German television speaking about the importance of maintaining the Italian repertoire as well, that it keeps the voice able to ascend to the high notes. It's a different kind of vocal writing, and he felt that it was extremely necessary to maintain vocal health to be able to sing the much lower held tenor roles. Another of the records that I have is a 1968 recording of a wider range of repertoire than in the 67 recital. This includes Richard Strauss, Richard Wagner, Verdi, Puccini, etc. Of the Puccini numbers that he sings, the one that affected me the most was his wonderful performance of Non piangere liu from Turandot. The orchestra des Bayerischen Rundfunks is conducted by Kurt Eichhorn.
2: Non piangere liu, sei Thank
0: very successful Wagner roles that James King sang were Parsifal and Siegmund, and he credited his many years of singing baritone with the success that he had in the role of Siegmund, which lies much lower than many of the other held tenor parts that Wagner wrote. By his own admission, James King did not overextend himself vocally. He did not take on roles for which he felt he lacked the stamina to be able to do them justice. Roles that he eschewed were Siegfried and Tristan. He was tempted by them. He was announced several times as about to take them on. But in the end, he only sang portions of these in concert. One very ambitious role that he did sing and sang with great success was the title role in Verdi's Otello. Though he wanted to do it at the Met, he never took it on there. But he did sing it elsewhere in the United States and around the world, particularly in Germany and Austria. From that same 1968 recital, I'm going to play you the final scene, Nun mi tema, and you hear the combination of elements which made him such an effective Otello. At the very beginning of the episode, I offered you that wonderful, tacky song, Für Dich Allein. That was from an album of Operetta and Schlagerlieder that James King released in 1970. I have a few other tracks from that album to play for you. First is, of course, the ever-popular Dein ist mein ganzes Herz by Franz Lehár from his operetta Das Land des Lächelns.
2: Wohin ich immer gehe Ich fühle deine Nähe Ich möchte deinen Atem trinken Und bete dir zu wissen, we yeah.
0: in Lanteslächerns was written for none other than Richard Tauber. But I wonder if you guys know that Richard Tauber was also an enormously skilled composer. Probably his most successful and famous operetta was called Der Singende Traum, The Singing Dream, and there is one perennial standard from that that is still heard today. The aria, Du bist die Welt für mich, and I'm going to play it for you right now.
2: Ich habe nur einen Gedanken, nur einen zu so jeglicher Stunde. Küss ich deine Hände, die schlanken, dann seh ich mich nach deinem Mund.
0: of classical singers who also composed. I'm going to be doing some episodes in the coming weeks in which this theme recurs. We just heard James King sing Richard Talba's Du bist die Welt für mich. Now we're going to return to Franz Lehar and hear James King sing an aria from Lehar's fascinating and very ambitious operetta, almost opera Judita. This piece was premiered at the Wiener Staatsoper in January nineteen thirty-four with both Richard Tauber and Jarmila Novotna. In the lead roles. This is the aria "Dubist bist meine Sonne. and once again we hear James King from that
2: 1970 Operetta LP. <laughs> und endlich sich gefunden. Du bist meine Sonne.
0: James King was also a frequent recitalist. I read interviews with James King, and I listened to interviews in which he spoke of his dedication in particular to the music of Schubert, how much he loved singing his music, and that it really gave him an opportunity to explore a different part of his artistry. In 1967, on RCA Records, there was a release of James King singing songs by Schubert and Richard Strauss. And I'm going to offer you two Schubert and two Richard Strauss songs. We'll hear various aspects of James King's prowess as a leader singer. The first is one of Schubert's mammoth songs. This is called Andilaya, as with so much of Schubert's leader. It's a song that evokes Greek antiquity, and in this case... The poem describes a singer who takes up his lyre and wants to sing songs of battle, and instead the only sounds that will come from the strings of his lyre are the strains of love. The pianist in this recording is William Hughes. (laughs)
2: we <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs>
0: surprising that James King would have the full power to bring to that song. That can often be a little overwhelming for those who are less vocally well-endowed, if you will. But he also has a wonderful light touch and a very tender approach to other Schubert-Lieder. This is Schubert's delightful setting of a translation of a William Shakespeare poem, Who is Sylvia? The German version is called An-Sylvia. Was ist Sylvia?
2: I just
0: Let's flip that disc over, shall we, and listen to some Richard Strauss rather than play the extroverted songs like zu eignung or heimliche aufforderung i'm going to play you two of the more innish the more contemplative songs the first is such a profoundly beautiful love song it's called ich trage meine minne many of you probably know it i carry my love in silent bliss in my heart and my mind with me wherever i go and now that i have found you, dearest child. That love will cheer me all the days that I am allotted on earth. This next song might be my very favorite Richard Strauss' Lied, that is not one of the vier de Lieder. That's the song Befreit, set to a text by Richard Demel. These are the words of a spouse to a mortally ill partner. I am just so deeply moved by this song every time I hear it. Just last week on my bonus episode featuring Eda Moser, I featured a rare studio recording that she made of this song, and it's interesting to compare her version with James King's. Befreit, released, you will not weep gently, rather you will smile, and as before a journey I shall return your gaze and your kiss. You have cared so well for the room that we love. And I open for you these four walls to set you free into the world. Then you will ardently seize my hands and leave your soul behind. Leave me to care for our children. You gave your whole life to me and I shall give it back to them. We both know that it will be very soon. We have released each other from suffering, so I returned you to the world. And now you will appear to me only in dreams, where you will bless me and weep with me, O happiness. For those of you who would like to compare with the Edda Mose recording that I posted on the bonus episode, let me invite you to become a supporter of mine on Patreon. To do so, go to patreon.com slash counter melody there are links in the show notes there are links on all of the podcast platforms where counter melody appears you can pledge either a monthly or a yearly amount and in doing so you will gain access to all the bonus episodes i have a very exciting bonus episode coming up in the very near future So please do consider supporting me there. Your support makes it possible for me to continue to produce the podcast. In closing, I have two big scenes for you from two of James King's most significant roles. First is the Emperor, the Kaiser from Die Frau ohne Schatten, and this is the big falcon scene. This is a mammoth, sprawling, fascinating work unlike any other, and when the Metropolitan Opera first premiered this piece in 1966, James King sang the role of the Kaiser opposite Leonie Rieseneck. Other cast members included Krista Ludwig and Walter Berry, and those four sang performances of this opera. All over the world, they became the premier cast for anyone who was doing Frau ohne Schatten. These four singers were always the number one choice for each of their roles. In this opera, Richard Strauss created a sound world unlike any other piece of music that he ever wrote. There's so many different leitmotifs and soundscapes that recur, but one of them is that shrieking cry of the Falcon, which we hear throughout this scene.
2: ein Falke und hörsch mit mir es kommt gegangen es kommt geschwebt
0: James King had enormous vocal longevity. He was constantly seeking to improve himself. He came through a vocal crisis in the 1970s with renewed strength and vigor, and he sang up until a few short years before his death. Also for two decades, he was a professor of voice at Indiana University and helped pass on the many years of performing experience and the secure vocal technique that had maintained him for such a long career. James King died of a heart attack on the 20th of November 2005, therefore this month it's already been 16 years since his death but his legacy lives on in the many, many recordings that he left, both studio and live. And it has been my pleasure to share some of the rarer examples of his studio recordings with you today. Another role that James King did with enormous success was Walter von Stolzing, in Wagner's Meistersinger von Nürnberg. In closing, may I offer you his extraordinary performance of the prize song, Morgenlich Leuchtend, from Meistersinger. May his brilliant voice and devotion to his art always be a guiding light to those of us who love great singing. dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. See you next week.